Hey everybody, it's Happy Harry Hardon coming at you, aka Ray Ramos. Um, trying something new here with the Substack podcast thing, and uh, talking about a few things that interest me, different stuff that's gone on in my life. The reason that I got into comics, especially. But first off, let me tell you guys, thank you, thank you for listening to this, thank you for subscribing to the Substack. Um, it's it's uh, it's an honor to share these stories with you, an honor to you know, to have you peruse my writing and stuff like that. I really do appreciate that. Um, and especially thank you guys that have made the Cryptonodes such a success. The Cryptonodes is coming out very, very soon and within the next week or two. I'm, uh, you know, talking to you today. It is uh, April 7th, I believe, 2022. It's a Thursday. Cryptonodes should be shipping within a week to everybody that backed us. And uh, at 6x6 Comics, we're super excited. We are over the moon. We are ready to rock and roll when it comes to what we're doing um, with the Cryptonodes and other uh, IPs. Uh, I don't want to use that word. Other ideas, other stories, other comics that we have that we want to put out there for you guys to check out. But once again, thank you so much for believing in the brand, for following us across the social medias, and for being here today um, to listen to me talk about a few things that, uh, you know, come across my mind during the day. It's a few things that I think about when it comes to comics, when it comes to pop culture, when it comes to cool stuff that I dig and I want to share with you. A few years ago, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine. We're having a discussion. Usually we would discuss, you know, driving around um, you know, Paso and stuff like that. We talk about comics, talk about pop culture, movies, stuff that interests us, not just uh, regulated to that, but like literature, you know, mythology, things of that nature. As a matter of fact, that's how the Cryptonotes came about. Um, there was a conversation I was having with a really good friend of mine, and, um, you know, we're throwing ideas against uh, the wall towards each other. Um, it's a little game that we used to have, you know, like pitch me an idea, you know, pitch me something that I've never heard before. And one of those times we're driving around, that's where the cryptonals came from because I pitched him an idea. You know, um, I said really quickly, not to go into that story too deeply, but I said, uh, how about um, a team of super spies made out of cryptids that steal religious, religious artifacts from across the world? And he's like, well, who would you have on your team? And I'm like, well, of course, you know, you'd have the Loch Ness Monster, you'd have Bigfoot, Mothman, all those guys. But, you know, you'd have some of the more, I guess, sublime cryptids that are out there, like the Man Dog and La Llorona, which is a big one around, uh, you know, the border states, uh, the border of, uh, of Mexico and the U.S. And um, uh, he was like, whoa, 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 feed me this, feed me this. But, you know, not to get too much into that, into detail as to how the cryptonals came about, because we can always save that for another podcast that is where it began, and here we are about to premiere the book. So those kind of conversations are the ones that I miss, especially with uh, my creative peers, the people that I grew up with, uh, the tribe that I had. And that's something that's uh, very important to me, to always remember where you came from as far as your creative roots are concerned. Of course, you know, everything goes into making the person that you are and uh, the person that you want to be, always paying attention to the details, as I like to say. But um, in respect to that, I would like to say thank you to everyone who has ever influenced me in my life, be it uh, mainstream, be it famous, be it sublime, be it people that uh, I met for one day or a few hours or even a few minutes that in some way, shape, or form have helped shape who I am. So as I was saying, we were talking about uh, different things. Um, and this was last week, though. I was talking to a friend of mine about uh, what got us into comics. You know, how did we come about uh, comics? And of course, everyone has their story. 
um, everyone has their first comic, the one that they picked up and they remember uh, very vividly. And to this day, they carry that memory um, deep within them, you know, in their heart, in their mind, where that resides. It's a very special memory to them. Um, and for myself, you know, the same, the same thing, you know, we'll get into that some other time. But what we were talking about is why we stuck with comics, why we continued reading comics and eventually evolved into wanting to make our own comic. That was the interesting part of the conversation we were having because I had really never put thought into that. Like what made us stick with comics? Why did we continue to want to follow these, you know, four color superheroes that, um, that were like a, you know, a beyond what we had ever experienced as, you know, they were bigger than life, so to speak. Spider-Man, Wolverine, Fantastic Four, the Hulk, um, and, you know, not to leave DC out, but Superman, Batman, you know, Wonder Woman, uh, Green Lantern, my favorite, Buona Beast. Um, you know, how, why do we stick with these guys? Why do we continue collecting books? Why did we try and find out as much information about these guys as possible? And uh, the main reason that I could come up with was um, our lack of girlfriends. Honestly, we did not have girlfriends. We were interested in girls, of course, but uh, we were nerds. We were outcasts. You know, we were outsiders. And uh, we didn't uh, really know how to pick up on chicks. But, hey, we could pick up those comics every week when they came out, couldn't we? I remember the first heartbreak I had in life. I remember I was about eight years old, and uh, I was in the third grade at uh, Cedar Grove Elementary School. And uh, there was this one girl that I really, really liked, and her name was Denise. I cannot for the life of me remember what her last name was, but her name was Denise. And uh, she was this little, you know, cute little girl, pigtails, all that stuff. And, um, you know, I had a crush on her as a little kid. I had a crush on her. I didn't know why. I didn't know what these feelings were. But um, I remember one time they were handing papers back to us in, uh, in elementary school. They were giving us our, our paperwork back, you know, after they had graded it. And one of her papers, I guess, got stuck to mine or something. And when I got home and I was looking through my papers, I found her paper in between my paper, my homework sheets that had been returned to me. And I freaked out. I was like, holy crap. Well, you know, I didn't cuss at that time because I was a little kid. But I was like, wow, she, it's fate. It's got to be fate. There's no other explanation to this. She um, knows me. She likes me. This is, these are all thoughts that, you know, an eight-year-old has uh, when you're crushing on somebody. And I was so, like, enthralled with the fact that I had gone one of her papers. I would, like, admire her, her handwriting. She had, like, the most bubbly handwriting. And I remember the grade that she got. You know, she got a B minus, a B minus. Now, I, at, the, at that point in time, I didn't really understand what that was. I just know that it was still, you know, a B. But the minus part always kind of like <laughs> uh, stuck with me for a very long time. But I never really understood. And to this day, I, don't, I still don't understand. I don't even know where, the, where those papers are. But that was the one time that I remember having a crush on, on someone of the, of the opposite sex. And I was like, wow, man, this is... This is different. This is weird. These all these emotions and stuff, and and uh, it just it just carried from there. And try as I may, try as I may, I could never bring myself to talk to her. I could never bring myself to talk to her. I could never bring myself to express my like of her, you know. And uh, all I had to remember that by was that one uh, paper, you know, that was um, accidentally put in my stack, but. Um, I remember because the teacher would use 
these stamps that uh, would go on the papers that uh, were returned to us, she would put stars or rainbows, unicorns, you know, happy faces, all that stuff. And for some reason, this time, she decided to use um, superhero, um, I guess, pictures or a superhero stamp of uh, Spider-Man. So I remember sitting there in my room at that age, surrounded by Star Wars figures, G.I. Joes, you know, some Marvel. Um, and that was another thing, too. You know, I had gotten involved with superheroes before uh, comics by their toys. So that was a big deal to me. But I remember sitting there. And looking at the stamp of Spider-Man and never realizing that that drawing itself had come from somewhere. That drawing was some sort of like gateway, I guess. Or that stamp was a gateway into a bigger world that I had never, ever stopped to think about. And that was comics. And um, I remember that stamp because it was Spidey. He's swinging. And uh, it said something along the lines of... Uh, you know, keep it up, web crawler, or something like that. And it was amazing to me that that was there. And that's when I started thinking about where did this come from? How can I get more of this art? You know, I can draw it, but this is like professional. You know, in my eyes, I'm like, this is professional. So where can I get more of this? And as I had said before, this, or rather this medium was only introduced to me through toys. It had never been um, like an idea in my head that this had been something else. I mean, I was eight years old and uh, my brother's toys were left in the house and he had a, a bunch of different stuff. He had like Migos toys, he had, but of course, you know, they were all superhero themed. He had Migos, Spider-Man, the Pocket Heroes, um, Tonka toys, the Fisher-Price adventure people, stuff like that. And it never crossed my mind that these figures that belonged to my brother belonged to a bigger world or a bigger universe than the um, stories that I had made up my own, myself while, while playing with them. And that's what blew me away when I realized that, wait a minute, like this comes from somewhere. This this is uh, originated from somewhere. Someone created this. And I started looking into where it had come from. And of course, you know, Spider-Man, all that stuff. And it wasn't until I was later, like growing up later in my years, that um, I realized that I could get these comics. It, you know, it was, it was hard for me to, to tell my parents, like, hey, can you take me to a comic book store? Or I didn't even know what a comic book store was at eight years old. Um, and it wasn't until later that I realized, like, wait a minute, like, there's stores for this. There's places for this. And when I would go to the grocery store with my parents, I would ask them, like, oh, look, there's comics. Can I have one? My parents were, you know, on a tight budget at the time. And they were like, no, you can't have any of that. You know, just leave it alone. Um, growing up in a, in a Hispanic household, uh, Mexican household, I was a first generation um, to be a, a U.S. citizen. Um, you know, born here in the U.S., my parents had grown in Mexico. They were aware of, of, of pop culture over there. They were aware of Batman and Spider-Man, stuff like that. But like I said, you know, they were hardworking people. They didn't have time for frivolous things. And uh, usually it ended up being, um, you know, if they had extra money, they would take us to go eat something or to, you know, to a movie or the drive-in or something like that. You know, that was the extent of the entertainment that we had growing up during that time. And honestly, it wasn't until I believe I was about 13 years old. When I was 13 years old, I 
um, had saved enough money to, to ask to go to a comic book store. And the first comic book that I saw that really caught my eye was Uncanny X-Men 242. And that was the Inferno issue. And I opened that book. And the first scene that I see is Wolverine kissing this redheaded girl. And uh, up to this point, the only reason that I knew who Wolverine was because they had been in the Secret War toys that I had. Um, uh, and by... By the mean, by meaning that I had them is like I had stumbled across them, you know, at the flea markets and stuff like that. Um, I ne had never bought them brand new, so I knew who Wolverine was, but I didn't know who the redhead girl was. And once again, it just I just fell in love with the media. I just I just started thinking about what could be possibly done if um, I went into this and started looking for more books, looking for more stories. My imagination went crazy on on that. And um, it was it was a fun time. It was very, very exciting to me because this was all brand new to me. So there I was about to go into high school. You know, I had picked up my first X-Men comic and I couldn't stop there. I continued buying other books, Spider-Man. And it was interesting because I remember I would walk home from school uh, and I would find comic books thrown away like in the ditch because I lived, uh, you know, in, near an area that had a ditch. Uh, because of flooding and stuff like that. And um, I would find random books every once in a while thrown in the ditch. Usually they were Spider-Man. I don't know why. Um, and it was during the symbiote uh, issues and, and stuff like that 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 was happening. Or rather, um, that uh, the story was taking place. And I remember fondly those those books, you know, because uh, some of them were in Spanish. Don't get me wrong, because of the area that I lived in. But um, a lot of them were mishandled. A lot of them were, you know, thrown in the ditch, of course. You're going to have, like, water damage, dirt damage. But still, these books kept my interest in comics alive when I wasn't able to go purchase new books um, because those had come out before, you know, uh, X-Men 242. And, and as I was growing up and during that time, I started realizing that there was this whole history uh, before the books that I had found or the books that I had purchased. And I wanted to know everything I could. I wanted to absorb everything I could about comics, uh, about what these heroes were doing, where what their backgrounds were, why they were doing what they were doing. I, it was just fascinating to me to realize that I could do this. I could go back in time and get these stories, these comic books, and fill in the gaps up until the point that I had started reading comics. And of course, it always went back to that you know paper that I got from that little girl accidentally. That never knew I had a crush on her, um, where my love affair with comic books began. And um, I mean, throughout throughout my my growing up years, I guess my adolescence or whatever you want to call it, um, there was a lot of that going on. I didn't have girlfriends. I didn't have many girls that were friends of mine. Most of us were dudes, and they were all nerds, and we were into comic books and music and uh, you know movies and stuff like that. And that's kind of like what drew me to other people that were the same way as I was, you know, my tribe, so to speak. And uh, we bonded and we decided like, yeah, you know, this is it. This is what we need to do. We need to do our own comic books. What about girls? Ah, forget that. You know, why, why do we need girls? We can have more comics. And um, that's, that's what happened, man. It launched me down that path where comic books were my, my life's line. I wanted to have all of them. I wanted to know all the stories of all the characters that um, had ever existed 
not just Marvel or DC, but then I, I was introduced to indie books. And uh, the way that I was introduced to indie books was really, really interesting. It was at a swap meet and I found Faust number four. And for you guys who don't know who Faust is or what Faust is about, I suggest you do some hor hor uh, homework, hormones, what the hell am I saying? Do some homework, find out who uh, Faust is. It was created by David B. Quinn and Timothy Vigil. Tim Vigil, one of the biggest inspirations in my young adult life uh, to do comic books, to do indie books, because he proved the point that you could do comic books in a way that had never been seen before and make it beautiful. Because up to that point, you know, I had heard about indie books, but they were always kind of like, oh, you know, comics with an X, you don't know what you're getting. Um, it's kind of like shady. Most of them were like pornographic comics and stuff. But this changed that. This all changed that. Once I discovered Faust, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not something that you want to leave out on your uh, coffee table for your kids to read or anything like that. Faust is hardcore. Some of the themes explored in Faust is not for everybody. And uh, the artwork carries that along because the artwork by Tim Vigil is just beautiful, beautiful work to look at. Um, this guy never got any mainstream work, man, honestly, because he was so embedded in the indie scene and doing Faust, doing his own thing and making it beautiful. And uh, that's the thing about Faust, man. If you take a look at that, you're going to see exactly what I mean when I say you can do comics however you want and make them beautiful and make them pieces of art. And that exactly is what happened with Faust. Um, so I got into Faust and then that led into other books. I was into uh, Greater Mercury Comics, Silver Wolf. Um, these were indie, indie publishers that were uh, publishing stuff like Legion X and Grips and, you know, Fat Ninja, you know, stuff that, um, that you really haven't heard about in mainstream nowadays um, or any, any other sort of, uh, of way. Um, these books were the foundation of what I wanted to do. I wanted to do comics my own way. I wanted to, you know, break uh, the norm, break the, no the mold and do it to the best of my ability, but make it beautiful and make it exciting and worthwhile and have people be like, wow, that book really changed my view on comics or, you know, wow, these characters are not like other characters that I've seen. That's what I wanted my characters to do. That's what I wanted my stories to do. And I think I have been able to accomplish that up until now. And like I said, it all stemmed from the fact that, um, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't uh, have any want to, well, of course, you know, it's a young teenage boy. Of course you have wants, but for some reason it was hard for me. I was introverted. It was difficult for me to, to you know, approach the opposite sex and... Uh, comics were my I guess outlet you know I, I got to escape through that and the poetry but we'll get into that at some other point in time because I always wanted to melt the two I always wanted to melt poetry and comic books into something different I look I took a lot of inspiration from Neil Gaiman um, a lot of inspiration from uh, literature a lot of inspiration from poetry um, certain poets I was really into the beat generation um, Dylan Thomas is like my utmost uh, favorite poet of all time, you know, that, that type of stuff, that's the, that's the kind of stuff that I was really into. And that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to bring to, to comic books because it had never been done before. It had never been seen before. And I think up until now I have managed to meld everything together. And I keep saying that up until now, because I don't feel like I'm ever going to stop learning. I feel like every day is a new opportunity to learn something new and to 
inject that into into what I love, which is comic books, which is uh, writing, which is literature, anything like that. And of course, the visual arts, because even though I cannot draw to save my life and I've surrounded myself throughout my life with these fantastic artists, some of which have gone on to work in mainstream comics and, uh, you know, to be very successful. I have never been able to pick up a pencil and draw a circle to my satisfaction and that kind of sucks and especially surrounded by talent like the ones that i've had the opportunity to work with like why would i even bother to why would i even want to these guys are cream of the crop in my circles in my tribe they have gotten to the point where their artistic um how can i put it like they they have achieved an artistic uh, perfection in my eyes anyway of course an artist never stops trying to better themselves every day but in my eyes these guys are the guys that i would go to to work with immediately you know and uh, none of the mainstream guys um maybe one or two that's about it but my go-to's would always be the people that i surrounded myself with growing up and loving comics um and that's the thing, man, like you have to find your tribe. You have to find those people who are willing to take that risk with you. They want to go down that path of madness because trust me, this is a path of madness. If you want to get rich doing comics, you're never going to do that unless you put yourself out there, unless you dedicate yourself and you do the work and, you know, you learn your craft as best as you can. And I can hold my own with anyone, put anybody in front of me and I can hold my own against them because I have learned my craft in and out, not just the writing aspect of it, but putting comic books together, how a comic book works, sequential art, hell, even the printing process of it. I have gone down and dirty with offset printing. I know how a machine works. I can operate one. I know every ins and outs of how a machine, an offset printer would work, even digital printing. Um, you know, I've been down in the trenches when it comes to this stuff because we published our first book when I was uh, 16. When I was 16, we published our first book, independent book, and that's when Image was was really hitting, and um, we wanted to do our own thing because we saw these Image guys like, hey, man, you know, we're, we're doing something over here um, that anybody can do, and we're in El Paso, and we're like, hell yeah, we can do that too, and we did, and we set out to do it, and we succeeded. We published quite a few issues, um, you know, grassroots kind of work. From within, building a community here in town that would follow us. And I can honestly say that in El Paso, Texas, we were the first ones to ever venture out and do our own comic book. There's been a lot of people that have come after us and a lot of people that have bettered, you know, the community and have gone off and, and done mainstream work. And um, I can honestly say that we started that. And if it wasn't for us, there wouldn't be a, a way to be paved. There wouldn't be... A path to follow because I think us putting ourselves out there turned a lot of heads uh, for you know young people coming up that uh, didn't have any idea what was going on but they loved visual art they loved comics and sequential art and maybe a lot of them didn't have girlfriends either and that's why they ended up taking the path that they showed or rather that they chose um, and uh, you know I, I joke a lot about it you know doing the whole Oh, yeah, you know, I didn't have any girlfriends or anything like that. I didn't have any uh, any way to express myself other than poetry and long for all these, um, you know, supposed uh, romantic ideas that I had in my head towards uh, the female creatures that uh, populated my world during that time growing up, you know, between 16 and, and 19. But um, 
eventually it all turned into comics. It all turned into stories that I wanted to write. All my heroes wanted, uh, you know, were going to be part of that. Um, that bigger universe that I always wanted to put out there as far as the ideas that I had and everyone that I surrounded myself with had the same notion. They all wanted to do the same thing. They all wanted to put themselves out there and create comic books. And um, it helps. It helps to be focused. It helps to have your people. And uh, it shows. It shows in your work. And it shows right now in the work that we are doing at 6x6 Comics, building the brand and uh, showing off what we can do. So I don't want to take up any more of your time, of course. We um, have stuff to do. We have comic books to write. Of course, these comic books aren't going to write themselves. So if you guys enjoy this, please let me know. We are on every social media possible, even TikTok. You can find us there. This is Substack. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Everywhere. You can find us. 6 by 6 Comics, The Kryptonolds, Ray Ramos, Happy Harry Hardon. You know, all of us are out there for you to find us. And if you need help doing books, please hit us up by all means. Let us know that you need help and we'll try to help you as best as possible because we were there, man. We were there when nobody was helping us. We had to learn it on our own. We literally had to take comic books apart, unstaple them and take them apart to figure out how they worked. So we've been in the trenches. We know what we're doing. We are professional comic book creators. So please feel free to drop us a line at any time. Please comment, like, all that stuff on this podcast this little mini podcast that i created today and i hope you enjoyed me rambling on about uh, what makes comic books great as far as uh, you know building um a brand or making them happen when you don't think you have anything else or any other way to express yourself so thank you once again for listening i'll be back with another one really really soon we'll be talking about other stuff that interests me of course always talking about cryptonolds always talking about cryptids and storytelling myths legends all the good stuff that goes into creating stories um this is once again happy harry haran saying stay hard talk hard and of course mexcelsior we will see you very very soon or at least until disney shuts me down for saying that Bye bye <laughs>